Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to the broadcast. I'm going to be talking to you today about awakening to a miracle. And you know what? That's what can happen in your life. And it can happen in an instant. You know, it's amazing. There's things that we can do to, to take our heart through a process, to take hold of something. But there are ways that we can have influences on our heart that we instantaneously spark alive. And I want to tell you something. I can promise you this. In every situation, God is trying to spark your heart to come alive to a miraculous result, a miraculous outcome and come for no, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're up against. And today, I want to show you how to watch for that. I want to show you how to notice it, but I want to show you how to take hold of it when it comes so that it can come to life in your life. In your life. Listen, this entire series can be found at impactministries.com as well as all of the messages that we have. Go feed on this and let your heart get full. A heart awakening is a pack. It's really a life-changing pack. And you know what? I want to make this thing affordable for everybody. So I'm pricing this thing so that really you're going to get three CDs free. You're going to get my, a download of my book, Breaking the Cycle for free, because I want you to have everything you need to break out of those destructive patterns. Listen, order it today. This special will only last this month, but I promise you, you're going to have the tools to transform your life, to break away from your past and have a new future. You know, there's all kinds of things that you can do to develop your heart for a miracle. And honestly, you know, I, I believe in always going for the sure thing. I, I believe that you know, the Word of God gives us step-by-step uh, -step ways that we can influence our heart to come to an immovable faith to experience the miraculous. But you know, I'll also tell you this, man, I love it whenever all the factors fall together and just, just in an instant I have this awakening <clears throat> where, where suddenly everything gets transformed. And you know, you know that's the thing that's so encouraging to me because, because really a heart awakening is all it takes to dramatically change your life. One glimpse of a healing can, can change your health forever. One glimpse of, of, of success can change your financial status forever. One glimpse of, of, of being happy in a relationship can change the way you relate to the people in your world. See, when your heart wakes up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to transform you into what it sees. And I don't know about you, but I, I think that is so incredible. Now, I want you to understand something. And in, in what I call the heart physics parable, and, and other people call it the parable of the sower, but I call it the heart physics parable because this more clearly than any other parable in the New Testament teaches us about the functions of the heart. Now, when we think about the, the functions of the heart, I, I want you to realize that when the word actually gets rooted into your heart, it's going to cause you to really to have an awakening. It's going to cause you to have what we call a revelation. Now, see, a revelation, uh, religiously speaking, a revelation is when God decides He's going to show you something that He hasn't shown you before now. But you know what? 
That's really not what a revelation is. God's always trying to show us everything. God, God, God wrote all of His Word on the deep part of our heart. He's not holding anything back from us. So really a revelation is not when, is not when God changes His mind and decides to, to show us something. A revelation is when, we when we're willing to change our mind, when we're willing to see something from a different perspective. And many times when a revelation breaks through, it breaks through much like a, what we would call a, a, an inspiration. Now, see, when people think about a revelation, they tend to think more along the lines of, of, of coming to understand the information more clearly. And that's part of it. But you see, when God speaks words, His words are never just carriers of information. His words are, are, are His words uh, really are words of life that are encoded with information. God's not so interested in you being able to answer the questions right for the test. It's not like we're going to have to pass a test somewhere. God, God's interested in giving you uh, what you need, the, the, the truth, the information, the power, and the life that, that, that you want to have. So really, I like to use the word inspiration more than I do revelation. The word inspiration comes comes from a compound word which means to be in spirit. I, I love that because I want to tell you something. Whenever we fully yield to the spirit, we're going to have an inspiration. And in an inspiration, we're going to see what, uh, uh, not, just, not just know what the answer is, but for a moment, it's going to be as if we are living that answer. And I know that's happened to you. I, I know there's been times in your life, you could be reading the Bible, you could just be listening to a sermon, you could just be sitting around relaxing. As a matter of fact, most of inspiration comes to people when they have their feet propped up somewhere and they're just chilled and relaxed. And then suddenly it seems like out of nowhere, you, you see something, you perceive something, you experience yourself doing something. Well, I want to tell you something. That, that, that's a hard awakening. Now, if you take hold of that inspiration, if you actualize it, if you make it a part of your life, then... Uh, then it's, it's going to come to pass in your life. But if you don't, then it's going to fall into one of those categories uh, uh, in the parable of the sower. It's going to fall into one of those categories where the seed comes to you, but somehow you lose it. Somehow it gets away from you. And I'll tell you what, I, and I believe this. I, I don't believe I've ever been sick that God didn't give me the opportunity to get healed, the inspiration to get healed. I don't believe any of us have ever been in a financial situation that, that the, the inspiration failed to come to deliver us. In truth, I, I, I honestly believe, I tell people this all the time, I believe, I believe every, everybody has had enough inspiration that, that everybody could be a millionaire, everybody could be completely successful, everybody could be completely healed. But, but what happens, inspiration comes and, and we don't want to capitalize on the negative, but inspiration comes. And when it does, it falls into one of those categories that Jesus was talking about where the word is lost from our heart, where the word is, is choked out or stolen or taken away from our heart. And I'll tell you, that's, that's, that's not where we want to be because I'm going to tell you something. With that inspiration, there, there's going to be a heart transformation. There's going to be a heart awakening, if you will, that's going, to, that's going to manifest in a transformation that's going to actually change your whole world. Now, you know, interestingly, and, and we said this in, uh, really in the past messages, instantly we usually 
have these awakenings at times of tragedy or death or loss or, or when there's really a hunger to, to live in righteousness or to live as God would have us live. And I'm talking about in quality of life, not just living in perfection, not just getting everything, you know, not just obeying all the rules, but living in, in a life that harmonizes with who God is. You see, God, God wants us to live in the, in the life that, uh, that, Jesus died to give us. He's not trying doing anything to withhold any of that from us. And so usually in these times of stress or in these times of things going wrong or in these times of finally all of our bad decisions catch up with us, that's usually the only time that we are willing to face the possibility that we, that we need to make some changes in the way we think or, or in the way we behave or in, in the things we're doing. That's called repentance. And repentance is not a bad thing. Repentance is not you groveling, begging, and, and feeling horrible and shameful. Repentance is just where you look at the, you look at the facts and you go, you know what, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't want this anymore, therefore I gotta think differently. I don't want this anymore. I gotta change my mind about what I'm gonna do with my life or how I'm gonna manage my life or what I'm gonna trust God for or, or you know, just, just those kinds of things. So. So sadly, most of us have to face some kind of dramatic challenge before we're willing to admit that how we do life is not working, how we do relationships isn't working, how we do finances uh, isn't getting us what we want, how we do walking with God is ending up a mess. Most of us have to have that experience, like we talked about last week, of kind of hitting the wall or hitting bottom or hitting that place where suddenly having an excuse just isn't good enough. You know, you know, I'll tell you something. Having an excuse has never brought anybody peace. Uh, uh, denial, defense mechanisms, and you know something in this series uh, on A Heart Awakening, I'm going to teach you things about understanding, recognizing, and dealing with defense mechanisms. That I, I honestly, uh, it's, it's just some of the most incredible teaching you're ever going to get about self-development, how we develop ourselves, how we fall into defense mechanisms, how we fall in these patterns, but more than that, what to do about it so that we can come out. But see, now if we stay all stressed up and, and, and we're defending ourselves and we're tense and we're angry and, and, we're, and you know, we're, we're blaming and defending and denying all that kind of stuff. And the real truth is we're never going to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. You see what happens whenever we, when we relax and, and just kind of surrender. When, we just, when we're willing to give up our vantage point, when we're willing to give up the position from which we see the world and interpret the world, the position from which we justify ourselves, the position from which we get all of our excuses, when we're finally ready to let that go, amazingly, inspiration can spring into our heart. Now, remember, in the parable of the sower and the seed, we know that there's a lot of things that you can do to lose the word. But there's only one thing that you can do so that, the, so that the word can be incubated, so it can take root and start to grow in your heart and ultimately start producing fruit in your life. And the one thing you can do, this is the key thing about, about this parable, the one thing that you can do is take the word that has come to you, begin to you know, study on it, reflect on it, ponder it, consider it, meditate on it. In other words, do something where you begin to take possession of it as being true in your life. 
opening your heart up and putting yourself in a position where, where you can see and experience this, this truth, this reality as, as being yours and as being real. So you, you got one thing you can do so that the word can produce fruit. You got several things you can do so that it won't. But you don't even have to know what those things are. You just have to know the one thing that you need to do so that the word will produce fruit in your life. But <clears throat> I want you to understand something. Studies show that when we have an inspiration, that we have, and I don't really remember the exact timing on this, but we have something like 12 to 24 hours. I think it's 12 hours. That if we don't take ownership of that inspiration, we lose it. Now, we've all had that experience. You know, when, when, I, when I first began pastoring, I honestly thought that, go, that having church uh, on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night was just the, the, the most foolish thing in the whole wide world. Now, when I, before I started pastoring, I didn't mind going to church that often because I enjoyed worshiping. I enjoyed the fellowship. I was, you know, I, was, I was enjoying church, you know. But as a pastor, when I started thinking about people growing and I started thinking about the fact that people needed to take the word into their heart, I started realizing that, that for most people that come to church on Sunday morning, if something happened in their life, if the Spirit of God spoke to them or moved them or whatever, then they get out. And because we actually have no day of rest, which we should have, I mean, it, it, it's really a sad thing that in, a, in America, you, most people work five or six days a week. If they work five days a week, then all day Saturday, they're doing the honeydew list. They're doing all, all the things they got to do around the house. And then on Sunday, they're in two services and, and they're exhausted and they're tired. And, and really, we don't take care of ourselves like we should. We don't rest. And honestly, in those times of rest is when we could be getting the most inspiration. But instead, we go to church on Sunday morning. We're exhausted. We go out to eat. And boy, everybody knows about the famous Sunday afternoon church nap. Man, that's where you go home and you lay down and you fall into a coma and you sleep deeper than you slept in forever. Why? Because God, you know, God designed us to take to rest one day a week uh, for, for health purposes so our body could rejuvenate. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a law that was given to us uh, to make us holy. It was something, it was, uh, it was uh, wisdom that God gave to us to make us healthy. Imagine that. So anyhow, you come home to church, you lay down, you go sit. Well, by the time you get up from that nap, it's time to go back to church again. You go back to church, and then you get back home, or you go out to eat after church, visit with your friends, go back home, bam, it's time to go to bed, get the kids, get all the homework done, all the stuff you got to do, get ready to go to work tomorrow, get the kids' clothes ready to go to school, and, and then you go to bed. Well, what happens if on Sunday morning you're sitting there, and suddenly, in that, in that service, suddenly, bam, man, something explodes inside you. And just, you get that little glimpse, and just for a second, you don't, even know, you don't even know how it came to you. You don't even know how it got there, but you just get that sudden glimpse where it's like, oh, I can do this. And, and for, a, for a millisecond, you're living the solution that you've been hoping for and praying for. Just for a millisecond, man, you're, you're seeing and experiencing as being real in your life. Well, when that happens, that inspiration, like I say, you've got about 12 hours maximum. Now, you can lose this in just a matter of seconds. If you dismiss it, if you convince yourself you can't do it, if you ignore it, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that can happen just in a matter of seconds or minutes that you lose this totally. Here's one of the ways you know you've lost an inspiration. Man, you'll be sitting there in church or you'll be reading your Bible, what, you know, wherever you are when it comes to you. And it's like, boom, this explodes inside. You might even write notes about it. Whoa, boy, you write. 
and you go and you walk away and you do nothing with it to take ownership of it. You take nothing with it or, or, or you do nothing with it to, to allow it to come alive in your heart. And you go, oh, I got to go back and look at that. And you go back and read it. And when you read it, you can connect with the information, but you're thinking, why was I so excited about that? Well, I'll tell you something. When you, when you go back to that thing that you, that, that you know that you were excited about, you know that it's just like the, your whole world moved off of axis for a few minutes. And you go back and you look at it now, it just, it's just words. That's when you know you lost an inspiration. You lost a breakthrough of the Holy Spirit of God trying to, trying to bring you into that place, into that solution, or into that calling, or into that destiny, or into that whatever that thing is that's the next big thing in your life. You know, uh, I hate to even talk about sin because when you talk about sin, people, some people lose their minds. Some people go to guilt, and some people go to goofy theology about sin. And, and, uh, but you know, remember, sin, the, key, the main Greek word for sin, in the New Testament, it's a word that has to do with not, uh, really with not connecting with and experiencing the goal, the prize. It's not about what you do wrong. It's about what you miss out on. It's about, it's about embracing thoughts, feelings, ideas, and beliefs, and, uh, uh, and that lead to behavior that cause you to experience life as less than how it should be, as less than righteous, as less than how God intends for it to be. And, and, and sin is not what you do that makes God mad at you. Sin is just where you miss out on, where you make decisions, you have thoughts, you have feelings, you have behaviors that cause you to miss out on the very best that, uh, that God is trying to bring into your life. Uh, <clears throat> now, interestingly, there are several different Greek words for sin. And one of the Greek words for sin besides the one that we just mentioned, which is harmartia, is a Greek word that means to hear amiss. Now, to hear something amiss is where you, 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 you sense and hear something, but you have no intention of doing it. Or you sense and hear something, and you, know, you, you, you talk yourself out of it. But at the end of the day, you sense or hear something internally, and you let it slip away from you. You see, God is always trying to bring us into an incredible life. God's always trying to give us a heart awakening. And most of us have those milliseconds of heart awakenings that we don't take ownership of. You know, uh, uh, honestly, when you have one of those events, whatever you're doing, you should stop doing it. You should get away from people. You should go right then. Even if you have to go to the, the restroom and do it, wherever you have to go, go to your car, go somewhere. And right then, sit down and capture that. Right then, sit down and, and begin to acknowledge that as being true. Sit down and, and meditate on it and see it again. Revisit it. Start to replay it uh, in your own heart and in your own mind. Bring this experience to life. And this heart awakening will be an awakening unto as it should be instead of an awakening unto as it shouldn't be. And we talked about that last week. You know, it says, it says, you know, awaken under righteousness, not under sin. Let, let your awakening bring you to how life should be and not more excuses, not more, I'm going to blame somebody else. Ephesians 5, 14 says this. It says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Now, 
you know, here's the most phenomenal thing. I want you to realize, once you have that inspiration, once you, once you totally surrender yourself and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of life going the way it's going. I'm tired of my life being where it is. And you totally surrender yourself to the Lordship of Jesus. And it's like, Lord, somehow or another, I am following you. I don't care what it, I don't care what I gain. I don't care what I lose. I'm just following you. You know, here's an amazing thing. God, the Bible says, will make the light shine on your path. Oh, man, that is incredible. You see, when Christ gives you light, this is where your eyes open. This is where you begin to see things from God's perspective. This is where you begin to look at the world around you, and, and it all looks incredibly different from, from how you've seen it before. This is, this is where you, uh, you know what the next step is. I want to tell you something. Here, here's, here's one of the most incredible things I've ever learned about following God. You know, we were sitting around today, me and, me and uh, uh, a couple of my daughters and my wife and a couple of my grandkids, and we were, just, we were sitting around eating lunch today. We were just talking about people following God and, and you know, talking about the fact that some people talk about how hard it is and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, you know, I was just sharing with them about, uh, about how that when I, particularly when I was young and, and first felt called to the ministry, how that, you know, I, I followed God into some unknown situations. I followed God into some, you know, where I'd get this inspiration to do something or go somewhere. And, uh, you know, it would be an unknown. It would be, it would be threatening. And, and there would be the potential to face, you know, some challenges or some hardships. But you follow anyhow because, and you don't really know how it's going to come out. All you really know is what the next step is. And you know what? When you take that next step, then you understand the next step. And then suddenly you find yourself with everything unfolding. You know, I, some of you have heard me tell this story. You know, and, and by the way, I'll just back up before I tell the main story. But, you know, there were times whenever I was a, a young street preacher where I'd be riding down the road in some city and I'd just feel the Holy Spirit speak to me to stop and go into a particular church. It'd be on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night. You know what? There were times that I would do that and go in and sit down and not introduce myself to anybody. And before it was over with, the pastor would call me up to the front, ask me who I was and why I was there. And I would get to minister and preach in these churches. I had those crazy things happen all the time. But they happened because when I had an inspiration, i just take a step on it. And, uh, you know, some of you have heard me tell the story where I, where I was on my way to do a, a leadership conference in Zaire, and I decided to go down through South Africa. And I was going through South Africa, went, through, went to what was at that time was one of the largest churches in South Africa. And the Lord spoke to me to go to this church. And that when I got there, that... that God was going to give me the word for that service. You know what? That stuff never happens. But it happened to me. And not because I'm special, but because when I got the inspiration, I took the step that I knew to take. Some people say, well, what would you have done, Jim, if you'd have gotten there and, and done all that stuff and nothing had happened? I wouldn't have worried about it. I would have just enjoyed myself and gone on and done something else. But you see, that's the same way it's happened so many times when, when, whenever, I, whenever something 
I have a breakthrough, a financial breakthrough, or even when I have a health breakthrough. You know, there's been times when I'd be facing some kind of physical challenge and, and the Lord would impress me to do something. And in the process, I would meet someone. And when I would meet them, that person would give me the, the next step that I needed to take to suddenly uh, start recovering my health, to suddenly break out. The key is this, though. God is going to, he's going to spark these inspirations in your heart. You're going to have these heart awakenings. And the question is, are you going to capture them? Are you going to embrace them? Are you going to take ownership of them? Are you going to make them part of what you think and ponder and consider uh, until the next step evolves and the next step unfolds, until the light shines on your path about where you're supposed to go next? Man, I'm going to tell you something. Life can be an incredible, miraculous journey of experiencing the most wonderful things of God imaginable or life can just be a continual challenge. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to live in a continuous challenge. I want life to be a continual adventure of hearing and following God, of experiencing uh, this heart awakening. Listen, come back. i got a mentoring moment I want to share with you to help you take that next step. You know what? We are working on plans to reach one billion people around the world. And we're doing this by starting Bible schools all over the world, particularly in third world countries. You know what? If you want to help us reach a billion people, I encourage you to get online with us at Impact Ministries and check out Operation One Billion, or better yet, call our offices at 256-536-9402 and talk to somebody about Operation Billion, One Billion. We're, we're going to reach a billion people for Jesus. We've been working this plan for, for well over a year now, and I'm telling you something, it's coming together just like God showed us. And you know, we're always doing things to touch and, and the world to change lives, to develop leaders. And uh, I encourage you to go to our website and check it out. Look at all the free stuff that we got on there, free teachings you can download, materials you can get for free. We want to invest in your life because we want to change the way the world sees God. There is no way that I can go over all the details that are in this incredible series, A Heart Awakening. And the truth is I had to stuff it into 10 CDs just to cover all this information. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three free CDs and a free download of my book, Breaking the Cycle, one of the most powerful books that you've ever read if you want to have a heart awakening, if you want to come out of this repetitive past. Listen, be sure and log on right now and get this special offer just for this month. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, this, is the process through which God took Abraham so that the salvation of the world could come through his loins. Now listen, this, this, the backdrop of this story is so phenomenal because everything about this was, was impossible to Abraham. You, you have to realize Abraham's father was a general in Nimrod's army. Nimrod was the anti-God. He was the false Christ that was trying to claim that he was the one who had been spoken of in the book of Genesis that would come and crush and bruise, uh, uh, crush the head of the Satan. And, and so, so Abraham has to be smuggled away from Nimrod's kingdom to even stay alive. And so here Nimrod is, and, and by the time Abraham is, is old enough to go into the land of Canaan. There's already giants there. There's already ungodly offspring, Nephilim, uh, that have come through Nimrod and have come through uh, one of Noah's sons that have, that have filled the land. It's an impossible situation, but God tells Abraham, it's going to be through you 
that the, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. It's going to be through you and your seed that I'm going to make this covenant. Listen, Abraham was in an impossible situation, and every time he would waver, God would take him through a process to persuade his heart. Now, it doesn't use that terminology so you don't see it, but he would waver, and God would tell him to look, look at it and count the stars, and he would say, this is going to be your offspring. He would waver, and God would say, here, take the, take, look at all the sand and count the sand. He would waver, and God said, finally God said, look, I, I want you to take your son up here. I want you to sacrifice your son, and finally... It came to this realization. That, see, God had to have a human being on earth that would believe that God could raise a man from the dead. And it was through that man that his offspring was going to come. When inspiration comes to you, when your heart awakening comes to you, it's absolutely important, like I said in this message, that you start doing things to activate it. And one of the key things you do is persuade your heart. You see it, you experience, you meditate on it, you ponder on it, because that's what Jesus said in that parable. And you experience it as being real in your heart. So it's no longer just a fleeting inspiration. Now it's the way you see and feel about yourself. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.